0: Hello and welcome to the Love Says Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Johnson, and I'm coming to you from the coast of Maine. In my work as a life coach for the last 15 years, as well as in my personal life, I keep coming back to seeing the beauty of what unfolds when we each uniquely find our way back to a place of love. Love can get us through the most painful moments. It can give us the freedom to grow, the courage to change. And love can also lead us to a whole lot of peace, joy, and possibility. So let's see what happens in us, in our life, and in our world when we listen in to what love says. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Love Says Podcast. This is Elizabeth, and today we are going to have a conversation on love. Our guest today is someone who I'm so grateful to have this time and space with. I feel like she is a deep, bubbling brook of wisdom and truth and perspective. She is a writer, an artist, a business owner, a creator, and a creative. She is a mother. And as I watch her create and be who she is in this world, I see that she is world-changing and world-healing. And she and I work together and collaborate, and her gifts and care have woven so beautifully into this podcast and the communications and messaging that go out into the world about this podcast and my work. She is more things than I could ever list here, and I can't wait to hear more from her and hear about her life and just how she sees the world. And I feel today like I have a lot to learn and be reminded of from her. So I want to say welcome to the Love Says podcast, Amy Fukuzumi. Welcome.
1: Oh, thank you. Hi. Oh, that's awesome. That's so fun. <laughs> it's fun to have like heard all of the other intros and been so like intimate with the podcast, and then now be like, oh, who is this person? Oh, it's me. <laughs> it's you
0: it's you it's like ta-da um well and that was gonna actually be my first question was like it's so wild and awesome to talk to you about on here today because you've been part of it since the beginning you were like one of the first people who heard about it and every step of the way you've been a part of this but I'm like at this moment, like, how does it feel to be on? I'm like, oh my God, you're on the podcast. How does, it, how does it feel to be on the podcast? I know. It's
1: funny. I think maybe like it hasn't really sunk in yet. And maybe because I feel like we have been doing this for, it's been a year, right?
0: Yeah. A year.
1: Um mm-hmm like part of it just feels like we're having a conversation and maybe Mm -hmm. that's just like sort of a testament to our relationship and like how it's developed over the years really Um, is like, you know, it feels like we've been waiting to have this conversation slash like have been having it via voice memo for (laughs) (laughs) five years or whatever. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I think like maybe at some point it'll occur to me that I'm, like part of the creation and not just like part of the what happens after yeah um but yeah right now it just it honestly just feels like like something we have finally scheduled to do and just like talk about yeah and that's I think part of the gift of the podcast too is like it feels like that it feels like you're sitting down with people that you know people that you admire people that like There's a lot of mutual respect, and so you can just talk about all the good stuff.
0: Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. If we put all of our voice memos (laughs) together, we'd have, like, hundreds of (laughs) hours of episodes. Oh, my God. I know. It's so true. Yes. Well... And, okay, I want to dive right in, in that, again, I feel like when we are talking, when we are collaborating, messaging each other, we have this, like, reason to, right? We have many reasons to, but it comes in, like, the format of connecting on this work. But today, as I was preparing, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have so many questions for you as a human, as a woman, as a mother, as an artist, you know, like, um, Let's like dive right in because there are two big areas actually. I want to spend like some good amount of time time in as we as we get into it today. But the first question is just how does love feel to you? Like how does it feel to you and where do you feel it in your body? Hmm.
1: That's a good one. I've been like thinking about this probably mm-hmm. since like the inception of the podcast and just and over the years as like my relationship with love you know not always in like the grand sense of love but just like love in a very like tangible sense too like I think over the years that has changed a lot for me and like hmm. what looked and felt like love when I was a child is no longer what like looks and feels like love now hmm. and so like in that way I've also kind of had a there's been a little bit of like understanding love in an unconditional way versus like conditional love and so I think when we're talking about this kind of like unconditional love that feels like warm and comforting and like I guess like I really feel kind of like the this like big blanket sweatshirt that I currently have on I feel like (laughs) that's that's when I feel love is when when I'm like surrounded by softness and it feels like you know like a hug and it's mm. not restricting. It's, like, very loose. Like <laughs> lets me move around. Wow. <laughs> yes. um, but, like, yeah. I think it's just, like, kind of a – it's, like, a little bit of a weight, like, in the way of, like, mm. a weighted blanket kind of a weight
0: mm.
1: where it's, like, comforting. It's, like, soothing. Maybe that's – soothing feels, like, kind of where I'd go with love. Um, mm. Reassuring. Um mm. But yeah, I think like a lot when I'm just like surrounded by soft things. I'm a very like tactile person. I like I like to feel things around me. Like I'm holding a stone right now. I'm wearing this like huge sweatshirt blanket. Um, you know, I'm like in in a closet surrounded by all of my clothes and <laughs> scarves and stuff. So like yeah, I guess I guess that. <laughs> that if you can make me like a soft cave that is what Ah. love is like
0: (laughs) oh my gosh and who knew just to get good sound quality you would be there and and I do love that that I love that description I love how tactile it is how it feels I also I I really love you saying that it has changed so much since you were a kid and And how it does change, you know, I just love that awareness. Why is love important to you? And why do you feel like love is important in this world? I think
1: in, for me specifically, like related to this idea of like reassurance and comfort, um, it's important to me because I think I, I don't otherwise have a lot of that sort of as a default in my system or in my DNA, um, and so to kind of, like, be able to connect with something that reassures me or that comforts me and makes me feel like I belong and that I, um, I guess, like, worthiness comes into play, sort of self-esteem, like, all of these things that sort of, like, that I can get wrapped up in this feeling of belonging and safety and comfort, um, that to me is why love is important. I think love in the world is probably important for the same reasons. I think Mm -hmm. also in the way of like empathy and compassion, love is important. Um, The way that we can see each other through a lens of understanding, which I think love lends a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm thinking of like when Bison gets really upset, or like when he's kind of feeling um, anxious, a lot of times like he'll kind of interrupt himself and tell me or Dan like, "Mommy, Daddy, I love you." And I think there's like something for him that's grounding in that that like he can he can reach out and know that we're that that love is there and sort of be reassured, you know, when he's kind of all over the place that 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 is still. There for him, and I think maybe there's there's like a thread of that through all of humanity, right? It's like mm-hmm. we all kind of want to be reassured at some point that we are lovable, or that like the love that we have is being reciprocated, or otherwise like it is in a, um, you know, it's kind of in a cycle of exchange mm-hmm. with like ourselves and the universe and other people and collective in that way.
0: I love that example of bison too. And again, not even, it just almost sounding like it innately comes, right? His system is like, this is what I need or this Mm -hmm. is how it, right? Like, because how old is he? He is four and a half. He'll be five in May. He's four and a half, five in May. Yes. Yes. What? Like when you feel that and maybe it changes each day. This could be for you or it could be something you witness in him. Like when you actually feel that love, you feel that reassurance, you feel that comfort, like what does it then like allow or inspire or, and again, I know this changes moment to moment and given what's going on in a day or how we're feeling, what we're processing, right? But can you think of like one just like almost one example in the last month or so, or it could be any time where you felt that comfort and it gave you, do you know what I mean? It it wasn't just in that moment, which is what it's for, right? But it, but it also um allowed what was coming next or it allowed the next experience or it brought about strength or I'm just curious. Yeah, like, yeah, do you have any example from that.
1: I'll start telling the story and then maybe it'll, maybe it'll tie in, maybe it'll go somewhere else. But, um, so for like most of the month of February, I was sick. I got something that kind of like knocked me out and, uh, being a parent and also being somebody that's always been very self-sufficient. It's hard. Like even before being a parent, like getting sick for me was always hard Mm -hmm. because like, I just want it to be over. (laughs) I want the discomfort to be over. I'm like, Mm I always tell Dan, like, I'm just not a very good sick person. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. you know, and when you have a child or children or anybody that you're taking care of, it's like, even for me, it's more challenging because you can't necessarily just like zone out. Or I found it hard for me sometimes to even like, because Bison was also sick during some of that time. And so like, even at night when we would both fall asleep there were some some nights where i was just up because i didn't know if he was going to get sick or he was going to need something and so when i did have opportunities to rest like when he was when he when he got better and went back to school or on weekends really when dan would take him and they would go do stuff while i could just like lay around um it probably took like a few days of that um, and of me sort of like feeling guilty for not doing enough and then like me trying to to do things like, you know, trying to unload the dishwasher or start a load of laundry or like do something, contribute in some way um, before, you know, I think it finally became apparent to me. And also maybe it was this like voice of love that was like just you don't have to like you don't have Mm -hmm. to do things like you've you've made it to this point where you have a partner that is actually a partner and that is gonna help you carry this load it is something Mm -hmm. that you guys are doing together so like and he's not asking you to make sure that you're you know contributing today when you can barely like walk to the kitchen Uh. (laughs) um like And so I think it took some of that, like, hearing that and, like, letting myself feel that kind of very, like, tangible support. Um, And just, I think, like, what that was in my mind was it just, like, let, it helps me to relax. It helps me to kind of, like, not be... It just helped me to turn off, like turn off my brain, turn off the things and like actually give myself an opportunity to rest without feeling guilty about it, um, Mm -hmm. which I think has just been an ongoing thing for me, Mm -hmm. especially the last few years with Bison is like the guilt of not doing enough or Mm -hmm. not contributing or how I'm contributing um, that, you know, it was like, I guess it was it it just sort of felt like at in these moments where I was like trying to rest and trying to um I think I've had plenty of those moments where like I had the opportunity to rest, but I felt guilty for resting, so then I didn't rest, so then mm-hmm. I was just more tired or more depleted, um yeah. yeah, so in this like actually listening to that voice, actually listening to love, say just stop just stop Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. like your job right now is to get better like you've Mm -hmm. been doing the things that allow you the space right now Mm -hmm. to to just heal and get better and rest um and so I I was able to like find at least a few of those moments and I think every day now I try to which is like you know probably speaks to something else That we could talk about forever but like you know the the desire to uh, for productivity or else like output or doing things um -hmm. I think listening to that voice of love last month kind of set me up in a way to to check in like at the end of a a work day and say like no I did all of the things I could do or at the end Mm -hmm. of any day say Mm -hmm. it's okay like or in the middle of the day, if I'm feeling yeah. like I just yes. can't, yes. you know, it's like, okay, like you did what you did now, yes. like take a break or do whatever, like do something else. And I like, th- uh-huh. I think I'm still unraveling it a little bit, but that's one way that love definitely, I think, set
0: me up, set me up for this, oh. the next chapter. Oh, I love that example. I love that. It's so interesting. Cause even when I asked you that question in my mind, This is so wild. This is like our our conditioning, like Mm -hmm. so deep, right? Even in my mind, I was like, so if you feel loved, what does it move you to do, right? And your whole (laughs) system was like, it moves me to not move. (laughs) Like it's which isn't that. I do feel like there is this wave of remembering, connecting to again. How important rest is. Like, how mm-hmm. I know nature shows it to us all the time, right? Like, mm-hmm. that if there's not rest, like, they, we can't have these full cycles. We can't have full evolutions, right? We yes. can't have the big growth we want. But for you in that moment to be, for again, love to like guide you to take that space, like, mm-hmm oh my gosh, it's just like, and just for a minute, going back to those moments, right? Because sometimes it's like a mo- the, that guilt and that critical voice, which I do want to talk more about in a little bit about like that productivity, where that voice of productivity comes from, like for you in particular, because I know it's like so deep in many of us, if not all of us, mm-hmm. but like in that moment where you finally could you could feel that from love you could feel that from your guidance like actually your your ask here is to stop right like your only mm-hmm. ask is to heal like I- in a moment of receiving that or allowing that how did it actually feel like was it wa- weird was it how did it feel
1: uh felt really really uncomfortable <laughs> i was like yeah. immediately like No. And then I was like, Oh, if I do. And it's, I think even in the moments, I still and like reflecting on them now, like, it's like hard to kind of describe it, except that sometimes it feel like, I don't know, it feels like I'm almost like on a cliff or something. And I'm like, holding a basket over the cliff. And it's like, Mm -hmm. just let it go. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't matter. Just let it go. Like, nobody's gonna know that it dropped, like, you'll be fine. But then like in my body and probably my mind, I'm like, I can't like if somebody finds out that I let this basket go here, mm-hmm. then, you know, there's like environmental repercussions. And there's mm-hmm. like all these different things mm-hmm. that, you know, may or may not be real as related mm-hmm. to what it is that I'm actually like or like figuratively holding in the basket. Mm-hmm. So I think, so when that voice comes in, that's just like, let go. It's okay. You don't have to hold on to this anymore. Um, there's like almost always a sort of counter voice that's like, do you really think you deserve to let it go? Like, mm. does this make you, does this really make you stronger or does it actually make you weaker? Mm. Like, could you just, you know, push through and hold on a little bit more? Um mm. And I think I'm finding that now the more that I sort of try to quote unquote let myself off the hook every day Mm -hmm. um, is that, is that it's just like that voice of kind of like doubt or questioning
0: um,
1: that's like, are you sure? And I think as I'm saying this, there are a few probably voices from my past that are like popping in my head as the ones that would be judgmental in these situations Um, but I, I think I now sort of like actively work to see, see those people or beings or whoever, wherever the voice is coming from, the origin of the voice, Mm -hmm. um, and really understand in that moment, if it's important, if it's like an important opinion to me or not. Yes. Um, But yeah, definitely. Like, it's not like listening to the voice of love currently in the space that I'm in is not always comfortable. Like as Mm -hmm. much as it feels like, Oh, this is like nice and peaceful. And I like, I can do this. It doesn't necessarily like relax me instantly just with where I am on the journey right now.
0: Yes. Yes. I think that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense, and that moment—it's as I'm imagining people as they are listening to like each of us. I'm like imagining for myself, like I'm like, what are those baskets of Mm. expectation of like again, never enough, right? Like Mm -hmm. of keep going, of like that damn to-do list that like just regenerates the paper, like never ends, right? Mm -hmm. When you like. And I'm just curious, like, again, if everyone, if you and I and everyone on this call was like, you know, it's like, what is in that basket? And with major respect, right? That for the parts that Mm -hmm. are afraid or have been told, right, you won't be loved, right? If you let Mm -hmm. go, you won't be accepted. You won't belong if you don't do it exactly the way we are shown. And yet this, it sounds to me like this quieter voice in you, like, um, that gets to grow and ebb and flow. And only you will know, right? Like what will really resonate of like, wait, what do you actually need? Right? Like in Mm -hmm. that moment, that's as I look back and I know we were in touch during that time when you were so sick and it is just like, what do you, what do you need? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I just, I I almost want to give an invitation for whoever's listening. Yeah. It's like, what is in that basket? That's like just today that we could practice letting go and and it's, like, if we're not meant to let it go or if we need it or if it's an innate part of us, actually, then I feel like we it will come right back, right? Like, mm-hmm. it won't, like – but there are those things that are, like, oh, my gosh, the baskets get so damn heavy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, no. they so do. heavy. So heavy. They do.
1: And they, like, keep piling on, I think, if we, like, don't let go of some of them. And that's, like, where, you know, kind of, like, carrying baggage – and like that term, in my mind, like that's what it feels like. It's like you're just constantly like picking up all these like bags or baskets or whatever um, mm-hmm. and you like haven't been able to let them go, any yes. of them like as as and especially the ones that you you know you don't need anymore yes, um,
0: yes, yes. Yeah. I have a question for your imagination for a second. This is like idealistic, visionary. Dream moment. <laughs> I'm <Like>, just curious. <laughs> like, of um, if everyone in the world who wanted it had a moment a day where they actually felt rest, like that one moment, mm. right, of rest, and and they they felt it enough that like it wasn't so uncomfortable. I've been feeling that with things lately where I'm like, I, I I'm open to receiving this, and I receive it, and I can't friggin' handle it. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I'm like, oh my, yes, I feel so comfortable, yes. so comfortable, <laughs> so comfortable. Uh, like, I need to sabotage something, but like, so. But, yeah, I'm just curious for you as like that visionary imagination part of you, if everyone who wanted it could feel a moment of deep rest, permission for it, the gift of it. What do you feel like would happen in our world if that was available? Oh, my goodness. Um
1: I think like people, other people would have this same opportunity to like have this vision or consider. Um, just consider things that feel impossible because I think rest is so tied to, for me, I think rest and like when I feel rested is so tied to what I feel is possible. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm tired, you know, like sometimes making breakfast for bison feels like this huge effort that I have to go through. Mm Um, but when I feel rested and when I feel kind of whole, it's like we can plan activities that we can do or crafts that we can do. Um, so maybe like for me specifically, that kind of triggers creativity and mm. possibility. Yeah, and I, you know, I think there's there's so much of you know, like maybe creativity in a broad sense, not necessarily like. Um, you know like the act of creating something or doing something like quote unquote creative but you know and kind of like I like we've talked about this at various times it's like the the way you choose to live your life um, and I think for us specifically it's like the way that we choose to do work mm-hmm. is very you know like we exchange a lot of it's like this doesn't feel right today or like maybe this does feel right but i'm not sure if like what i'm feeling is fear or just like something that isn't you know that's not quite right of what we're creating together mm-hmm. um and it's like i think to be rested and to feel like it's possible to change the way that you're living or do something different or um kind of come at come at problems or Different things like in a creative way like that that is what I can sort of imagine and maybe have like seen from just the evolution of my life in times that I was like very burnt out and I couldn't sort of see what was next or see beyond like surviving really, mm-hmm. which I think when we're lacking rest like that's what we're doing is we're just we're trying to get to like the next moment and there isn't that that freedom or that space to say like, what do I, I mean, that. I mean, that's it. It's like, what do I actually need or what do I want? Yeah. Yes. Um, and I definitely like thinking back to last month, I, when I was sick, uh, there were a lot of times that I asked myself like, what do I need? What do I uh-huh. want? And it was uh-huh. hard to come up with those answers.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Like I couldn't yes. even like get there. And I think that's uh-huh. sort of a, you know, that's, it's like great to ask the question, but sometimes when you're so depleted, it's like, it, it feels like impossible to even answer.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Thanks for answering that. Yeah. Um, Okay. I want to ask one thing and then uh, choose your own adventure to t- one, one area I want to go into on this part and then another area on part two, but I am curious if if you if you um again, ten years ago, twenty years ago, were to look at your life now exactly as it is, what would be the most surprising thing about it?
1: Oh, like literally everything <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, there's there's not one there's not
1: one part of my life right now um that I would honestly have said. At any point, except like, maybe, and this is kind of sort of a big one, like a journey into motherhood. I, when I was, you know, really young, I was for sure, I was like, I'm for sure going to have kids. Like I come, my, on my mom's side, I have three siblings on my dad's side. I have two siblings. Um, I'm the oldest of all of them. And so like, you know, for me, it was like a, you know, I felt like it was a no brainer. Like, of course I'm going to have kids. Um, but yeah, I would say like, as soon as I was old enough to have to take care of myself, I was like, yeah, maybe that's not the road that I want to (laughs) take. Um, you know, and so I'm going to be 40 this year. And so, you know, whatever, probably like, what is it like 20 some odd years for the last 20 some odd years? Like I, you know, I was fairly certain that I wasn't going to have kids. So that's like a big one. That's surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like leaving California, I, and the Bay area like that. I lived there until I was 31. I think, um, I think I turned 32 on the drive out to the East coast. <laughs> and I like it was zero, like there was no part of me that ever considered leaving california um and certainly not coming to new hampshire of all places (laughs) on this planet (laughs) never not one time um (laughs) so you know kind of like under those two big umbrellas of stuff like everything that falls under that is kind of like wow this really Mm -hmm. this is really happening um but yeah Mm -hmm. i mean it's it sounds like a little bit ridiculous but I think it's it it really is everything it's like Mm -hmm. the work that I get to do the community that I have the people that I know uh, like relationships that I have with people Dan like my partner like partnership like that co-parenting all of the things I think Mm -hmm. are it's and I think it's very sort of like fresh for me right now because in the last few months I've also done a lot of like exploration and like deep healing of a lot of stuff from childhood and from um, sort of in like a reparenting kind of way because of being a parent myself and just because that's kind of like where my healing journey has, has been. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like, yeah, I think I'm just doing a lot of things that I didn't even have the capacity as a child to like mm-hmm. to think that I could accomplish them. Mm. Um, and and I'll say like associated associated to that, like what changed and kind of like I think what has gotten me, you know, into this life that feels very surreal a, a lot of times, um, is that I stopped looking at not that I stopped looking at big pictures, I'm definitely a big picture person, but I stopped looking at, you know, like the long-term effects of things or like, I, I in my own mind, I call it like microdosing your dream life.
0: Oh my like, God, I love that.
1: <laughs> you know, you just like yes. do things. And so yes. like moving to Boston was, it was an unpaid internship for three months. I was 32. It's like a th- who does this, especially to write for a cheese magazine? I did it. Um, and it was like, okay, like I'll see what happens. If I can use my creativity differently, if I can do a different thing for three months, we'll see how it goes. Uh, and then, you know, that turned into employment, that turned into a bunch of different things. And then Dan and I were like, we'll see. We'll move to Newmarket, New Hampshire for a year. We'll give it a year. We'll see what happens. Now, we're five, five, six years up here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, we're here for the foreseeable future. But I think it was like, once I sort of stopped having that sort of fixed end goal or like needing to, you know, achieve a specific thing. Yeah, like at a specific time or just like ever at all, it sort of changed. And so I think that's, that's probably why too. Like I, when I look into the future, I think there are a lot of things that I would like like to see and like I would like to do, but I'm kind of like, I feel a lot more like, what do I like now? And what do I want to do now that may or may not lend to what it is that I'm looking at in the future?
0: Oh my God, I love that micro dosing your dreams. <laughs> Oh my god, I love it, and I and yeah. I also love that moment of like at thirty two, at any age, right, where you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm gonna take a right, you know, what I mean? like I'm gonna yeah. do, like, like like talk about a new beginning, you know, and again, something I didn't see as much growing up, right, like mm-hmm. the people, the adults around me, kind of like chose what they were going to do and they kind of stuck with, you know what I mean? It was like, and it's so interesting. I, I judged myself for that for a very long time and I probably Mm -hmm. still do on certain critical days, but it's like the, the cycles of life and how it changes and the things we could never predict, like, because Mm -hmm. we, and I'm also like, oh my God, Amy, what's going to happen in 20 years? (laughs) Like in 20 years when we're having a (laughs) follow-up conversation, (laughs) it's like, oh my God, what happened in the last 20? So I love that micro dosing your dreams so that the dream aspect is still there. The wants and needs, like there's space for that. But again, it's not that there's so much more space for uh, the unimaginable, right? The, like mm-hmm. you earlier with the impossible, like the, mm-hmm. like life gets to Take you, you know, like and um and bring you to new spots that you didn't even you didn't even know Newmarket, New Hampshire existed. <laughs> you <laughs> know? Definitely <laughs> not. Uh, <laughs> oh my yeah, god. Yeah. I mean,
1: really when I like was on this, like when I knew that I was uncomfortable in my life in California and I knew that I needed to make a change, uh, the one thing that I was doing, like I loved love and loved the the desert, Southern California desert, like Joshua Tree, Yucca Valley area. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I think probably for like four or five months, like I was trying to once a month get down there and just spend a weekend and like be in that space and kind of just be creative. Dan and I met there a couple times, did like art and all kinds of stuff. It was like very very magical and free and open. And I think I had this love affair with the desert that was like about that kind of exposure and vulnerability and being, Mm. there was a quote at some point that I read that was like, the desert has nothing to hide. Like everything's exposed Uh, in the desert and there's nothing uh, to hide. And I, I felt that and I felt like I needed that at that time. And so I really did. I was like, maybe i'll just move here like maybe i'll figure it out and on one of my stays down there there was a woman that was selling um juices and something and she'd like deliver them to the airbnb so i like ordered a thing she came we started talking and she was like yeah i used to live in la i got kind of just over the hustle and all of the things she's like so i came out here and i'm an artist and i make juice and you know, and she was young, like, or like maybe in her, she might have been in her late, th- late 20s or early 30s. And so it felt like very relatable. I was like, oh, you, mm-hmm. like you said, you know, like you went right, like you changed course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, maybe I could, maybe I could also consider something like mm-hmm. that. So I was like thinking about the desert and if I wanted to move out there. Um, But then I was like also really more like getting more connected with my own writing at the time because I went to school for it. And then I think I kind of I was too creative, too creative for a while. So then it's like I want to just do some really practical, logical stuff. So I went into corporate HR, which is a whole (laughs) whole other oh my
0: god i don't even go left going right do that yeah (laughs)
1: yeah Yeah. oh yeah yeah okay and so that's where i was at like in this in this story i was working for playstation in hr uh and going to the desert like once a month because i like needed Mm -hmm. this sort of like expansive feeling uh and then so then it just kind of became like a well let me see what other you know, there wasn't anything obvious except for like I, I loved being in the desert. There wasn't mm-hmm. anything else that was drawing me there. So then I was like, well, maybe I'll, you know, consider these different things. I had a friend in Minnesota. I was like, maybe I'll move there, or, mm-hmm. and then I was like, well, I have this stack of cheese magazines. Maybe I'll see if they're hiring, or like you know, I could get a yeah. physician as just like an admin assistant or something, um, and that's you know the. I found out they had an internship, it was writing, it was, so then I was able to kind of just follow that because I allowed myself to like follow this thread of, you know, what do I want my life to look like? What else is out there? What else, in what other ways could I expand or like feel expansive? Um, And that also, I started a blog way back then that's mm. called the expansiveness experiment mm. and it was really just like a collection of writings and poems and photos and stuff but I think that you know is kind of like very much aligned with this like idea of microdosing your dream life it's like yeah. the expansiveness experiment it's like just try stuff like do yes. stuff Yeah. if it works cool if it doesn't it'll tell you something and yes. then you can Go a different direction or change course or whatever. So,
0: yeah. Yes, yeah. It's so amazing because it's like, oh my gosh, you almost lived in the desert. And here you are. It's it all of the, it's like yes. very sliding doors moment, right? Of like, oh yeah. my God, that would have been my life. I all like, yeah. Yes. I am always like, what would have happened if I hadn't oh told Lauren I had a crush on her, right? It was a yeah. very small window of courage. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I almost didn't take, you know, and it's just it would have been a totally different and I also though really appreciate that example because I feel this that what You just talked about of the threads we pull, but then they don't carry us forward, right? Mm -hmm. They're just temporary, but we learn from them, right? And Mm -hmm. then there are these threads we never, which in a minute I want to talk about this big, big, beautiful thread of motherhood for you of like the ones either we weren't expecting or the ones that we start to follow. Again, like who knew Mm -hmm. the Cheese Magazine internship, right? Was your (laughs) bridge, like, so I want to start with like a question or two and then we'll talk more about this in part two. But I am curious about first of all, you are our first parent on a conversation on love, which is so far, which is amazing mm-hmm. to me. It feels like so timely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm just so yeah, I'm so grateful for like your you being here and your experiences and your wisdom and your honesty about the whole experience. I also know a lot of parents listen um, mm. to these episodes. And I am just, I'm curious for you, like, I want to, it's like, I want to go low and I want to go high. And that's like, again, from what you've told me, like <laughs> that's the <laughs> ride, right? Like, it's, yes. it's all <laughs> of it. Like, but I am curious about was there then a moment? And it may have been, and you share as much or as little as you want. I'm um, like, it may be a moment when you saw a pregnancy test, but where you all of a sudden that part of you that was like, I'm maybe I'm not gonna do this for a very long time was like, oh, actually I am gonna do this. I am gonna be a mother. Like what when was the moment? What were the feelings with like when you realized you were going to be a mother in this lifetime?
1: Mm-hmm. Um yeah it's kind of a it's a story I don't even know if I've like talked if we've like talked about this but part of what changed was meeting Dan and just like being in his family because mm-hmm. his family dynamic is so different than mine like it's very um it's like very family centric I think like I have very close relationships with like Different members of my family, but it's never really been like we've always kind of been a little bit like here and there, and we connect, but it's not like a family unit type of situation mm-hmm. um and and so I think there was you know in those kind of early days of being in a relationship with Dan and his family um and seeing how they supported each other and and the different ways that they were kind of opened my mind to like oh, here's a different way, uh, like a different way that families exist. Because Mm. even though, you know, like I've had friends in different times in my life and experienced different family dynamics, I think a lot of times like we gravitate towards the people that would understand or like relate to our own. Right. Mm -hmm. And so my parents were divorced. My mom and my stepdad had gotten divorced. Like they're, they're, kids everywhere it was like all this stuff going on was like my childhood and so I had a lot of friends whose parents were separated whose you know various different things and so kind of very much being involved in like a in it like an embodied sort of way in a family that was different made me consider and and made me consider parenthood differently too I think mm-hmm. um because I think for a lot of my own childhood, I was both like parent and child in different situations. And so to kind of see the way that that manifests differently changed it. Um, and then, so then Dan and I kind of started to have the conversations about it, but it was a lot more like, you know, we'll see. We'll see if it fits in in the next few years or what happens. Uh, and then, I had an IUD and I got pregnant and I didn't know until I think I was eight, eight weeks, almost nine weeks pregnant. And it was like, a. I kind of, I think maybe my period was late. And so Dan was like, just take a test, like just to make sure. And I was like, there's no way it's like 99% effective. Like my body's just going through a thing. I'm not going to do it. He was like, just do it. And so I did it. It came back positive. Um, and so we like, you know, kind of very quickly had to had to jump into this moment mm-hmm. of like, what do we do? Like, do mm-hmm. we I mean first of all, we had to like find out if it was viable mm-hmm. and all the things because mm-hmm. like the IUD was like implanted still with this growing baby. Um Yeah, so I guess this is like the part maybe I haven't fully told you, but that. Mm -hmm. So at nine, I think at nine weeks, we had the IUD removed Mm -hmm. and everything was like going well. And the doctor was like, I don't know. We can't really tell you like if you're safe or not. Like there's no guarantees Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. this doesn't have like it happens to like 0.1% of people or something. So like we removed it, but we don't know if if everything's going to be okay. But like, you know, we made it past 12 weeks, which is usually kind of like a mm. the first trimester marker, like you kind of feel a little bit better. Uh, and then at 14 weeks, there were some complications and um, I ended up having a miscarriage mm. of that pregnancy. So it was like, you know, what is that? Like five, four or five or six weeks of like this really intense, like Mm-hmm. Dan and I, like, got on board. We were doing this thing. I kind of uh, went into, like, hyper correction of, you know, like, I stopped drinking coffee. I was trying to be really mindful of all of the things I was eating, uh, you know, trying to, like, reduce stress. Like, I was, like, I went very hard into, like, all of the right ways to be pregnant, quote, unquote, mm-hmm. right ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then at 14 weeks, the... Amniotic sac ruptured and then mm. I had a miscarriage. And so it was a really intense, like six weeks where we're like fully on board with this. We're starting a family, we're doing these things, you mm. know, we're kind of talking about all of these things that we thought we were going to put off for, yeah. you know, a year, two years or something. Uh, and then miscarriage. And so we had some healing from that. And had said, you know what, like, we'll just, we'll see what happens. Like, Mm. I wasn't going to get another IUD. (laughs) Um, And, Mm -hmm. like, you know, we'll see what happens. And what happened was three months later, we were pregnant with bison. Uh, Mm. But what's, what's funny about, like, bison coming through is that I went to, I think I went to two different people that were a massage therapist and a sound healer. And both of them said that um, there was like a strong energy, like there was a strong energy of the baby that, that turned out to be bison. Um, But that was kind of like, maybe it was the right time or like it was kind of a, it might've been a timing thing, which Mm. for me was comforting for Mm. me was like, yes, I could, I could hold on to that. And I feel like in, you know, reflecting back on it, it does feel like it would have been a lot to have, you know, just like had six months to get used to the idea of becoming parents versus Mm. this kind of more, slightly more gradual, um, Mm. adjustment. But yes, so I do, I do think there's, When Bison was actually born, like, my whole labor and delivery was so quick. Like, I think he was, by that time, he was like, get me out of (gasps) here. I'm ready. And he's, like, fully operated on that, like, that level of energy since. (laughs) It's like, all right, like, you had your
0: time. Now I'm ready. (laughs) Is that, is is his energetic, does it remind you of yours or Dan's? Or is it, like, all his own? (sighs) I think it's. I think there are, like. I think we
1: can definitely see where there are parts of us in him, Mm -hmm. but like, but yeah, I think for the most part his, (laughs) like Dan and I are very, a lot more like sort of like slow operating, like quiet, much more introverted. Bison will like jump out of bed (laughs) six o'clock yelling at the top (laughs) of his lungs about like who even knows what uh he does a lot of recently he's been doing a lot of singing yelling about like kind of narrating his like whatever's going on it's like i forget was it yesterday maybe it was yesterday we went for a walk and on a trail that was snowy and he was like yelling screaming it's like sometimes your parents don't want you in the snow sometimes <laughs>
0: Okay. Oh my God you know when people <laughs> say life isn't a musical. You're like actually, yeah. I, mean, I feel like this is about my wife too. like like it's like no, it's available. It's inspired by something. Oh yeah, he's, oh my gosh.
1: He's oh. making it that way. Um so yes, I've never I don't think I've ever once like tried to sing about what's sing, narrate my life. I don't I think imagine. Dan has either, so
0: yeah, I can't imagine that Dan has like, oh, oh my gosh. Uh, Thank you for, thank you for sharing. And it's so interesting. I'm like putting together bits and pieces because in some of the ways you shared social media, you share, there are pieces of that I feel like I have read about, right? Mm -hmm. But I haven't been told, you know what I mean? Like I haven't ever been told. So that now it's like the, some of those pieces, like I'm like, oh, right. And then other pieces I did, I didn't know. And it's like, just the, just the, um just the timing and the journey and the, it's just like, yeah, thank you for sharing it. Like, thank you for, yeah, telling us about the journey with that.
1: Yeah. And, and it really, I think like one other point that felt really important to me about the journey is that I remember after the miscarriage happened, I was, I was sad. I like didn't, which, well, actually Someday we can talk more about the whole thing. But I there was yeah. there was a sense of relief almost. And then there was a lot of grief. Yeah. Um, but in in the grief, like kind of the breakthrough in the grief that I had was that it was like accepting it as part of the journey and mm-hmm. recognizing that like maybe this is like this is the journey of at the time it felt like You know, you try to get pregnant, you get pregnant, you have a baby. And Mm -hmm. then it was like to go through that experience and then to understand that like one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage. And then on top of that to kind of, you know, just it made me see this sort of like it broadened my view of the journeys that people go on to conceive and to have babies and start families And it was almost a sort of like reassuring moment that like maybe this is just part of it and we can Mm -hmm. stop pretending that it's so black and white, you know, that it's like you have sex, you're going to get pregnant, which is probably like Mm -hmm. left over from our sex education as kids. Basically, (gasps) if you walk by somebody too close, (laughs) you're you're going to have a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, and it's like, you realize like, that's, that's, that's not true. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are just like, there are a lot of different factors that go into it. And so it kind of, it helped me maybe to just in other aspects of life, like, um, accept that kind of, um, you know, accept those sort of like, quote unquote setbacks or disappointments as, part of the experience it's not like something that I did wrong or someplace that I failed which was also part of like the grief journey for me after that but you know that it just maybe this is how it is like yes it happens it it and it looks different for everybody I think that was
0: probably bigger the bigger takeaway yes 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 in a moment we're gonna pause Mm -hmm. and and then we will come back for part two and just so that when people go to the next episode I want to say I would love to and it will obviously it will depend on how you feel I'd love to talk more about motherhood like I'd love to start the next part next episode with like the greatest messiest challenge and also like the most beautiful worth it. (laughs) Cause again, Mm -hmm. it's, and then I know there are like 8 billion experiences in between (laughs) that, those, those, those things. Um, but I would love to talk about that. And then I want to talk about your work, like you as a business owner, your creativity, like I want to just kind of dance with that for a little bit too, because I, I feel like I'm at this time too, where I can't, um, like I am so craving to see more and more people who are living the and of, but on the timing that works for them, right? So like mm-hmm. you being like a mother and a business owner and a creative and a, again a million other things as well. Mm-hmm. But I really want to talk about that too and kind of like the dance with that and like how wow. you find your way back to your work, you know, mm-hmm. like while being like a yeah. parent. And I want to I want to go. I want to go into all of that. So I want to say thank you for this part one. (laughs) Thank you for, oh my God, like sharing your journey and your heart and your words. And um, for everyone listening, thank you for listening to part one with Amy and I, we're going to be back for part two. And I just want to give a quick thank you um, to, to the team. First of all, Amy is a part of the Love Says Podcast team. And I also want to give a thank you to those who support the podcast on Patreon. Um, It's, Because of you and your support that we are creating like we are and sharing these episodes And if you're interested in being a part of the patreon community, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash the love says podcast um, you can always send a one-time gift donation to The love says podcast on venmo, which is a new option And like always as always amy and I always write this but like the biggest way to support too is to just share an episode this episode with those you love so thank you for being here and we will see you on part two